you know, I was I was thinking about something earlier today, and I'm like, what was I thinking about? And I'm like, damn, that and Donald Trump is president. This world is going crazy. Oh, the Mets. The Mets. The Mets. What are you talking about? The Mets. Well, that's winning the series. Oh my god, dude. What am I gonna do with you? Breakthrough. You know, I I would almost be upset about it if I. I think the thing that upsets me the most is I know you're not a sports fan, so the fact that you got that wrong because the sports reference is acceptable, but I do know you're a movie buff, and the fact that you can't remember <laughs> the movie reference is kind of infuriating. It was the Cubs. The Cubs yeah, won the It's series. a talent. <laughs> Hello, my name is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 37, recorded November 18th, 2016. In this episode, Thomas and I talk about developer burnout in PHP, framework tribalism, Microsoft becomes a platinum member of the Linux Foundation, you can now Skype without having a Skype account, and a dog finder is hacked. Let's get started. Thomas Rideout. Eric Van Johnson. What? Japan Johnson, what? Where did you Van get jo- that? I said Eric Van Johnson. <laughs> why am I? Why am I looking at you on a Friday night? Um, I've usually moved on with my life by this time. I, I believe you were busy putting up a standing desk all night last night. <laughs> I actually, I, I had I had it put up before I left for a uh, meetup, and uh, my office was just a disaster. I had like enough boxes in my office i look like an amazon shipping department or something Ooh. i got a standing desk though i'm not standing no i can I see have that. Standing... <laughs> it's somewhere in the corner <laughs> no it's right here it's i can i can lift it I, i'm worried to lift it because i haven't done all my cable management yet so i'm worried that uh something will come unplugged let's let's do this let's do it live oh we'll do God. it live would... we're gonna this do it live let's worst this, po- this should be the shortest podcast ever <laughs> You should be wearing pants for this. All the way up. All the way up. Oh, oh yep. Something came unplugged. Oh, it came back. All right. Check this out. Oh, I got to change my camera now. You there? Oh, I'm here. I think you might have got your mic there. That would be a bad thing. Did I get my yeah, mic? No. Well, you're a dork. <laughs> I'm seeing levels That's... here. That's it. Yeah, that's an old bit from from when we start recording the show. Haven't haven't used that one in a while. Oh, this is weird looking. This angle. We have a special guest tonight. We do. Uh, John Con- John Congdon. Oh, oh, nope. Looks like we lost him. Damn. <laughs> so close, close this time. John, oh, I think you. I think your. I think your mic's muted, John. John, you gotta unmute he'll, your mic. He'll figure yeah, it out. You work on that, John. Yeah, you work on that. Thomas and I will keep going. Until you figure that out. The internet's hard. We get it. I'm weird standing now. I'm, we- I'm weird standing, and I want to yeah. put it down. It's and really now, uncomfortable. Is it? Like, just seeing it. Is it intimidating? It. I know, man. Let's take a look. See, this is my roof. I can... All right, let me put it back down. See see what comes unplugged. You got see where my cables are. Yeah, I got to do some cable management this weekend. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool little setup. How much was it? Oh, I lost both monitors that time. Why did the monitors go out? It wasn't cheap, if that's what you asked. Yeah, it was uh, 
this is a, a what's it called a a very desk and uh mm. it's the whole i mean it comes pre-assembled it's heavy as hell i think it's like 60 pounds um and you literally just lay it down on top of a flat surface and it extends up when you want to extend it up there was nothing to do the only thing you gotta do is you really have to think through your cable management because you have to have enough slack on the cables to when you extend up it extends up but when you put down it's not all over the place so i need to figure all that out i don't know what i'm gonna do there oh i gotta fix my camera again yeah i'm just staring at the the beautiful top of your head <laughs> it's probably better than staring at my face to be honest with you it's not uh, much so John John turned me on to it. He's he's been rocking the stand up desk for a couple about over a year. I know for sure because we had the uh, Diego Dev's offices for a year, and he had the stand up desk in there. So he's been rocking it for a while. He seems happy with it. I used it a couple times today, and it it's nice. It it is nice to stand up and continue working. But I'll see see if I like it or not. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Had a meetup. You did have a meetup, huh? I did have a meetup. Uh, my last meetup with a good friend of mine, I thought, until I, uh, I realized he didn't know that it was the last meetup we had together. Uh, well, to that friend's defense, he forgot that he wasn't going to be in the country for the next meetup. <laughs> yeah. No, I always forget that when I'm going to be out of the country. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We, we, we hosted our last meetup together, didn't we? It's, kind of it's the last of the thing. year. The last of the year and then our, our last together. Yeah, uh, for the time being. Yeah, our, our Laravel meetup is has grown into a it's it's a young adult now. It was not that long ago that you and I were standing outside doing a presentation for the first Laravel meetup on the beach. Yeah, throwing <laughs> a projector onto a piece of butcher paper. <laughs> That's right, man. And now look at look at us. Not much better. We still don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're still scrambling for a presenter every single month. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna talk to Sean over at LairChat. Um, I, I'm working with LairChat a, a little more to get their. They do their live stream one. You've participated in the live stream with them a couple times, and they have them all recorded. So I've been converting them to audio and getting them up on iTunes. As a matter of fact, they should probably be up on iTunes by Monday. Uh, I have I have them all loaded up, all queued up on the site and everything. But I'm going to start talking to uh, Sean and see if there's something we can do with the videos that we have for the San Diego Laravel user group and kind of start promoting them as you know a virtual lug for people who don't have a Laravel user group local to them. And cool. try to try to kind of get them to go check out those videos and give some exposure to those presenters who take the time and talk Laravel. Because, I mean, the videos are out there. I know Carry.net would like that because they sponsor it and they do all the streaming. And they're paying for all the equipment. They like to think that people are watching it. Yeah. So this week we had uh, the Vue.js user group that's starting up here come and present at our meetup. And uh, mm-hmm. that was a that was a pretty great presentation. Well, you, did you like it? I did. I loved it. Well, I was talking constantly, so I figured that was a good indication that I loved it. Yeah, I liked it so much. I went to their meetup the next day, which is where I was last night. I was yeah. actually uh, 
at their meetup, and it was good. They have a little bit of a different format. They're doing like the hands-on, we're going to build an app every meetup, which I think is an ambitious goal for a meetup. It sounds good in theory, yeah. but when you try to do it after a while, it becomes a lot, uh, especially if you don't have the same people show up meetup after meetup, and you spend the first 15, 20 minutes getting everybody set up again. Yeah, we'll I, I ran a uh, my study group like that, and uh, we ended up just installing Vagrant on somebody's machine the entire meetup for the first eight meetups. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be like a common a common thing that I hear. Um, ideally, actually, that's a good idea. I should reach out to those guys. So if you're in San Diego and you like uh, Vue.js, check out meetup.com for San Diego Vue.js meetup. Uh, Joel and Art are, are organizing it, and they're doing a great job. Uh, they work at Twisted Elves. Have you have you ever heard of Twisted Elves? I heard it. Well, yeah, because they were presenting from it on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, I mean, we're, we're doing a podcast here. The Ugly Sweater Company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were on Shark yeah. Tank. And yeah, uh, yeah. they specialize in... I, I don't know if... I said it was Ugly Sweaters yesterday. I thought about it. I'm like, I might have offended them. I mean, maybe they'd like to be called Goofy Christmas Sweaters. But no. they're the, these crazy... you know, Chris, They do other, other things as well. But uh, they, they, Christmas yeah. sweaters are their big thing. It's stuff for ugly Christmas sweater parties. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they they were hosting the Vue.js meetup in their offices, which I tell you what, downtown San Diego has got some really cool spaces for offices, and they have one of the nicer ones that I've been to. But um, I need to reach out to them and t- and make the suggestion if they're going to keep doing projects at their meetup, they need to ha- qualify the meetups with uh, a prereq of things to install. So yeah. say, hey, you know, you have to have Node installed, have Vue.js installed, blah, 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 or something like that. That would probably be helpful for them. I, I need to remember to do that. I'll make a note of that. Oh, what else you been up to? You're working on a pretty big project. How's that going? Oh, my God. So I was signing out today, and my boss says, hey, uh, just so you know, we might be deploying it this weekend. This weekend? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's either it's either this weekend or it's Thanksgiving weekend. So, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Oh man. Yeah. You can't, you cannot win with this effort, or can you? No, it's going okay. Uh, I've I've switched uh, tasks on it. Things have sort of boiled down to the last bits and pieces of bugs, and so I'm uh, switching over to a different part of the project. And it's nice to be off the thing you've been on for two or three months now so oh man that bet. take that take that break yeah yeah it can be a grind right i mean yeah everybody everybody really burn yeah really burn you out yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's not it's not always the glory right i mean we we're we we're talking no. about earlier we were reading that article on um is Burnout in the PHP world real. Well, that was my my statement on it. I was reading several articles about burnout. One today specifically uh, about fighting front-end fatigue. Burnout is this kind of thing that everyone knows what it is. Burnout is well-established. Um, but I just sort of sat there and thought about it. I was like, do I... You know, I'm working back-end PHP, purely back-end. I, I don't really deal with burnout in the same way that I know 
game developers do. Really? You don't? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, their development cycle is a lot more intense than yours is too. But yeah. I know, even for myself, I mean, it's fun figuring out, solving the puzzle, figuring out how the pieces go together, maybe implementing new uh, practices and seeing how they work. But when you have a code base that's you know twenty thousand lines of code. 18,000 lines of it is just going to be a grind of just yeah. coding, you know? Yeah, and so if, you're, if you're maintaining a dumpster fire, then it's going to be unpleasant the whole time. Exactly, yeah. This article is interesting because it, it focused on front-end burnout and really made an argument that front-end development has a much higher burnout ratio just because of the amount of stuff that you need to know and how quickly the things involved in front-end development development keep moving just the last month yarn was introduced to replace uh npm installs and it seems like every week there is a new technology that you need to know so that the browser that you don't want to support can render things properly and i mean even Vue.js, they were talking about at the meetup they were talking about having to shiv uh control into older browsers so they could still run their Vue.js spa apps on IE 8 or 9 or whatever they, they were at. And then there's also the fact that people like you and I are running meetups and doing the podcast and John, for example, writing for PHP Arc. And like we, we've put a lot on our plate. I don't have too much of burnout on me, though. I mean, I work from home. When I need to take a break, I can just take a break. I don't have to go for authorization from somebody. I have this week worked some like 16-hour days, but it wasn't something that really grinded me down. It was just something I was going to have to do a couple days once a year. So I've, I've had a, situations where I put down the mouse and keyboard and went and played video games for 15 minutes just to, just to get myself out of it and moving. I don't know, what do you, do you have, have you had burnout? Yeah, I don't know if that's burnout though, Tom. I mean, I, I, I do feel like I've had burnout. I mean, I've, I've had days where I've needed to step away. I guess that's a form of burnout, but to me, yeah, burnout I, is something that like kind of builds up over time. I've heard that when, called brownout. Okay. All right. So the, the precursor. I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah, to me, burnout is when you're waking up in the morning, you're like, oh, God, I'm still working on this project. I need to finish this thing. All of a sudden, we done. And I have definitely had that. I don't know, man. I, I don't really have a good way of dealing with it. I think the best way I deal with it is I, I, I like to surround myself with fr people I know, friends, you know, people like you, people like John, and, you know, whether it's me venting or just, you know, wanting to talk about something else besides coding. I think that's probably how I handle it. But yeah, I try not to... I really try to be conscious of when I feel burnout coming on because it, man, it, it could be... It's like depression. It's like being a being in a depression. Once you're in it, it just seems like you're never going to get out of it. I like to ride the bike. Yeah? Yeah, the motorcycle, I think, is probably the, my go-to because when I ride the motorcycle, there's two there's two activities that I do that I, I feel like I unplug when I do it. Riding the motorcycle is one where when I'm on the bike, I don't think about anything. 
but riding the motorcycle because I'm, you know, there's just so much going on. You got to be so aware of everything. And, uh, it's kind of the same thing when I go shooting, shooting guns. One of our clients actually is uh, a trainer with guns. So I've been taking him out or he's been taking me out, I guess, and showing me some good techniques of shooting. And I just love that focus, that concentration I get when, I don't care how hard of a problem I'm trying to solve at work. You know, when I have the firearm in my hand and I'm looking down range, that's the only thing I'm thinking about, you know? So I, that's one of the ways I, I kind of handle it. Definitely sounds like, like tasks that need your full attention. Yeah, for sure. Hey, guess what I did today? Is it gross? <laughs> well, I did a couple gross things today, but... Not what, not what I was going to share with you. I'm not going to overshare. Bought my tickets to Laracon. Oh my god, you're going to New York? I'm going... Well, I bought my tickets to Laracon. I went to... I went to Secure Hotel. And it's like a night stay in the hotel is going to cost just as much as the the conference. I'm struggling with that one. But I, I need to lock down hotel to... I'll probably do that next week. But yeah, yeah, I have have my ticket. You can stay in the hotel owned by the President of the United States of America, though. Oh, man. That's pretty cool. I mean, if there's a theory that theoretically it's cool, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I was thinking about something earlier today, and I'm like, what what was I thinking about? And I'm like, damn, that and Donald Trump is president this world is going crazy oh the mets the mets the mets what are you talking about the mets that's winning the series oh my god dude you know i i would almost be upset about it if i i think the thing that upsets me the most is i know you're not a sports fan so the fact that you got that wrong because the sports reference is acceptable but i do know you're a movie buff and the fact that you can't remember (laughs) (laughs) the movie reference is kind of infuriating it was the Cubs. The Cubs yeah, won the It's a series. talent. <laughs> oh, the man. Cubs won two? <laughs> I didn't think you could. two teams could win. It's like an East well, versus you, West. You, they, ha- they have two baskets, so you know it's just a matter of scoring enough touchdowns. And yeah. uh, everybody gets a goal, and we all go home happy. It's the, it's the year of the millennial. Nobody loses. Everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, says the person who's handing out the we're sorry you didn't win trophies. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't hand those out. What do you mean? It's the, the millennials. I love people complaining about the millennials when they're the ones raising the millennials and giving them the trophies. Oh, we are definitely raising a couple of millennials, that's for sure. Oh, yes. Despite our best efforts. Yeah, there's no stopping it. Yeah, I'm going to go to Lyricon. That's the plan as it stands right now. I have my conference tickets i just need to take out a small home loan to pay for travel and uh hotel new york though i mean aren't you sending the wrong message seeing as he didn't bring it to san diego you're saying it doesn't really matter that much yeah maybe i should take one of those like rich people approach and just buy like all the conference tickets and just not go Just like an an empty conference. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just own like 300 Uh, of the tickets. I'm pretty sure my company would go for that. Be an interesting way to to put our mark on the community. 
<laughs> if the Laravel user meetup bought all the tickets and didn't let anyone attend. <laughs> oh man, that 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 should be. I should start a, a GoFundMe or what was the uh, what was the Indiegogo <laughs> one? Um, a gross, a go screw yourself. Whatever. Yeah, I got a GoFundMe page. To raise money for the San Diego Laravel user group to buy all the tickets to Laracon 2017. God, I'd be the most hated guy in the Laravel community. And the most loved. It'd be just the weird thing. It would. Oh, well. It, really, it would really divide people. It would. It would separate people thinking that, you know, trying to be in different groups. What, what do you call that? Tribalism? Tribalism. I read an article this week. <laughs> <laughs> So I think our segues would be better if we could keep a straight face. I just can't. It's like when I hear you try to segue into something, I'm just like, what is this guy? You try so hard. You're just so obvious about it. Yeah. Tribalism. Can frameworks lead to tribalism among developers? What yes. Do you, what, what is your opinion? Yes. Yes. Uh, to me, that's a, that's a duh statement. Obviously, obviously it does. Just like there's tribalism amongst platforms, PHP, Node. I mean, I think if you look at the court, before we dive down this tunnel, I do want to point out, was it on this podcast or the Chat podcast where we were encouraging people to never call themselves Laravel developers, but to call themselves PHP developers who specialize in Laravel if they really want to focus on Laravel. You should never you should never tie yourself to such a niche market when you're in the PHP industry, right? Because these things come and go too quickly. I think WordPress developers are most guilty of that. There's WordPress developers who will straight up tell you they don't they're not PHP developers. They don't know PHP. And I'm like, oh, that's not. I a wouldn't good call them wrong, statement. though. I mean, I've met some WordPress developers clearly shouldn't be handling PHP. And it wasn't until I talked to somebody who did WordPress development and had them explain it to me how that was even possible that I started to get my head around it. But, but yeah, I, I do think that, you know, when you buy into a framework, yeah, it does create some tribalism and i think there's some good reasons behind it may uh, the biggest reason is money right because if you're making a living off of doing laravel framework then you want everybody to agree with you that the laravel framework is the best framework or if you have a huge application you work for a big enterprise company and you have a huge application deployed on the symphony platform well, you don't want anybody ever challenging whether or not Symfony is the correct answer or not because you've invested eight months of development cycles to build this magnificent CRM and and anybody who questions whether or not Symfony was the correct framework to use for that is... It's a jerk. Yeah. So I do think it happens. I think your good developers will rise above it. And I think those are the ones that you have to look out look for i think there's a point where you know php and you start moving into further niche branches of php which is you know symphony zen laravel ye all of those and there are a lot of jobs out there that want you to be an expert in a niche component and to do so can take 
two years of your life. You know, I mean, I've been doing the Laravel thing now for two years, and it's just been Laravel development, nothing else. So I I have expertise in Laravel. I haven't done my ten thousand hours or whatever have you, but I am I am an expert in Laravel and. To call myself a Laravel developer says two things. It says I am a PHP developer and a Laravel developer. I am a PHP expert and at least using Laravel. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, you do have things like WordPress where you don't have to know PHP to use it. And that can be a problem. I agree. So we'll, we'll post to those articles in the show notes. Should we jump into some news? News? I love news. There's not a whole lot of PHP news out there. No, but boy, my uh, my doom and gloom's all filled up. I'm ready for it. Are you queuing up more doom and gloom? Because I knocked one of them out. Uh, I've only got one piece. Okay, because there was another one in there earlier. You don't even go check, do you? I actually put the other one in. I ended up knocking it out. Nah, I, I, I paste stuff in here while I'm drunk. <laughs> Eric, I hate so, this. So you work for a company, you guys all have your established ways of communicating with each other internally, you know, we're a consulting group. So internally we have our established ways of talking to each other, but what becomes a problem is when we try to reach out our p potential clients, reach out to us, or we try to reach out to, to clients. There's always that awkward time of trying to standardize on, okay, how are we going to talk to each other? What are we going to use? And it was always kind of, okay, do you have a Skype login or a Google Hangout login or do this login or that login? And you had to find out, you know, who had accounts on which platform so everybody could jump onto a meeting. And it was kind of a pain in the ass. But, believe it or not, Skype to our rescue. You can now Skype with somebody and that other person doesn't need to create an account. You just send them an invite, or you actually just send them a link, which I'm not exactly sure how you're supposed to send them a link if uh, if you're trying to communicate to them on Skype. I guess, okay, you email them a link. Let's, let's say that. You can email them a link. And uh, even if they don't have a Skype account, they click on the link and they can get into a conversation with you. I thought that was kind of cool. And hmm. another, another one of those Microsoft things is like, all right, Microsoft, what are you doing here? And it's only available in the web version of Skype. I guess you can't use it with the standalone client. And the web That's version fine by me. Yeah, the web version is what a lot of people are using now, especially in, in our group, because we have a lot of people on the Linux desktop who say that this new web based Skype is pretty decent. Hmm. Looks like they also have support for their uh their real time Skype translation stuff. Yeah, Microsoft Microsoft is you know, they've been on the ball lately. And they kind of, they kind of they kind of parlaying it in in our news segment here because our next card is going to be on Microsoft as well. And this weird this was the other thing that happened. Oh my God! Donald Trump is president, and Microsoft has become a platinum member of the Linux Foundation. What world are we living in right now? How crazy is this? And and Larry Khan is in New York City. This is just is, craziness. Yeah. Now this caused a lot of. A lot of conversation on Reddit. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people remember Microsoft's dark days. Do you know about Microsoft's EEE campaign? EEE campaign? Doesn't sound familiar to me. 
it, it was originally a, a term by the U.S. Department of Justice, but uh, Microsoft used it internally for describing their strategy for product markets. Mm-hmm. And it, it stands for Embrace, Extend, and Extinguish. <laughs> so you, you basically, <laughs> yeah, hug them, help them out, and then kill them. Smother them. <laughs> and so there are a lot of people who see Microsoft joining the Linux Foundation as step one of the EEE philosophy. Mm-hmm. And it does have a lot of people concerned. You know, coming in as a platinum member means that they're going to have some weight to throw around. They're putting a good chunk of change out there. So now, I, I try to verify this. I, I believe they were already part of the Linux Foundation. I don't think they were platinum members. I think the big deal right now is that they became they've become platinum members. But if I'm not mistaken, and I, I tried to search it real quick before the show and I, I couldn't track it down, so maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I think they may have already been members of the Linux Foundation. It's not in the article that I posted. I read through that a couple times. Yeah. Not sure, but I definitely know that it's it's got people worried, and uh, I don't blame them. I have a hard time trusting them, that's for sure. I, I tell you, Microsoft hasn't really issued a statement as to why all this change is happening this year. Mm. You know, with open sourcing PowerShell, including the Bash shell, and now giving money to the Linux Foundation, why? Where is all this coming from? Is this is there a new direction in Microsoft that just they, they're not talking about? Right. We we even were, were goofing around and theorizing a little bit. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago, as far fetched as it may sound, it wasn't that long ago where Apple made a complete shift in their operating system and went to BSD uh, as their underlying core. You're talking about my speculation that, that Microsoft is working on a BSD based operating system. Yeah. And I, you know, that sounds completely nuts. But why? Why does this sound nuts? I mean, their OS has stagnated. They've tried to push it forward. They, they're having trouble doing it. I don't know. They're, they're losing shares in the server market. Yeah. They're it, losing shares on their virtual studio platforms. I, I don't I don't think it's as crazy as some people might believe it to be because... Now, to be fair, one of those sense. people was you. No, I agreed with you. <laughs> I thought I you know. pointed and laughed. No, not negative, sir. Negative. I actually agreed with you. I thought it was, I thought I thought it was a very real possibility. So we'll see. Six months from now, when we're sitting here saying you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Microsoft today announced MicroBSD. All one hundred of you guys will will be at the cutting edge of technology theory. You can put that on your resume. Talk about how you guys knew about it for everybody else because you listen to this podcast right here. That's right. Laravel News. Oh, God. Why do I bother? <laughs> is, that, is that not the name of our podcast? You're killing me. You can't fault people for not listening to us when you don't listen to us, okay? I do I'm... listen to us. Whatever. I tried really hard. <laughs> How's PHP doing? Pretty good. Hey, Eric. What version of PHP are you running? I'm running quite a few versions of PHP right now. I have a few 7s, a few 5.6s. I have finally migrated off of my 5.3, which I was very happy. We just did that a couple weeks ago. So I think I'm on 5.6 and 7 everywhere. Well, you sound like everybody else because as of a new study on PHP usage statistics that came out today, 
Glad we glad what? we delayed recording Today? here today. Yeah. We're like cutting edge news, man. It's it's practically real time. Five point six is currently dominating the market with thirty seven and a half percent uh usage. But this is surprising to me. PHP seven has thirty five percent of the market right now. Why is that surprising? You think it would be higher or lower? I would think it would be lower. I remember when five came out and you were looking at very little acceptance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took a long time for people to start migrating into five. And, you know, with seven being as bleeding edge as it is, I just didn't expect to see this significant of an acceptance. Now, there is a lot of speculation that the the new Ubuntu LTS version has bumped up uh, 7.0 usage since it came with 7.0 by default. Does it? Does the new LTS come with 7.0? Because I just did uh, Ubuntu LTS install, and I was surprised that I had to upgrade the PHP. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the. I assume you're reading that in the article, huh? I am reading that in the article directly. Uh, okay. I do not do my own fact checking of any kind. That's interesting because because I was I was actually about to say that I can see that number jumping up significantly over the next six months as. The images in places like DigitalOcean, that those images that are available for people to spin up servers, start coming with PHP 7. I, I just spun up a server in DigitalOcean. I just spun up a VPN server, I think, about a month ago. And that still had 5.6 on it, which I was I was surprised to see. So, yeah. Cool stuff. Now, do you know if things like Vagrant Machines count towards this? Uh, this is all counted out of uh, packagist logs. Right. So so this data here is just the last 28 days through packagist. So yeah, this would include things like Vagrant installs and people's laptops and things like that. Yeah, but because people are using packagist to mirror their deployments on their production servers, I would say that the numbers are not reflective of reality, but the percentages are. Does that make sense to you? So if you've downloaded the same thing on packages 100 times and deployed it once, it's basically the same for everybody else, too. Well, I, I think the hard work those guys did when releasing PHP 7 and having very little break back uh, incompatibilities, backwards incompatibilities, I think speaks a ton to the what you're seeing as far as the adoption goes. That and the fact that, you know, with around... Five 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 six. PHP really got a resurgence of new blood and people getting interested in PHP again. And you know, right at the right time, they released seven. Whereas, okay, well, you're going to get involved with PHP. Why don't you start here? Right. And you know, I remember when when the last major version came out, unit testing wasn't that big of a thing. Uh, you didn't see people running Travis CI and things like that. So now with all these frameworks that are out there being developed the ability to say running your test quickly and say oh yeah we're 100 percent php 7 compatible allayed a lot of fears and i'm I'm betting that i'm betting that it's just going to keep going up and up when we see 7.1 hit its official release hopefully next week we'll see a big surge in 7.0 deployments yep i agree talking about living in fear i wasn't talking about living in fear that that was the best that was the best that, trans, you trans. you just knocked on my segues 
I just can't do it as well as you. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, what do we say every week? Use a password manager? Oh, shit. Why that's actually we... what you wanted me to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, use a password manager. <laughs> use a password manager. Oh, yes, God. use a password manager. Why? There's been another. There's been another. Fa- oh, the, sorry. This is the Doom and Gloom minute. We've we've entered into the dark territory of, of Doom our, and Gloom of our podcast. All right. There's been another large breach, uh, and this time it's one of the the biggest adult dating networks out there. It's always the, the adult uh, things. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is because, boy. The, the places that should be the most secured seem like they are not trying at all. And this one was just awful, right? Yeah. The Adult Friend Finder Network, which is, you know, runs a bunch of different websites under a bunch of different names. It's just a giant conglomerate thing. They got hacked in October, and that, that ended up leaking out uh, 400 million accounts. I mean, really, there are 400 million people signed up for that that site does, does that site cost money it must cost money uh you know this is this is the classic you know just type in your email and we'll create an account for you type situation you uh, get a you get the free stuff thumbnails only <laughs> <laughs> oh man not only not only was were they hacked not only were accounts taken but all the passwords were in plain text what? I'm sorry, not all. Many were in plain text. Which is so just you, oh, you as an end user you as an end user have absolutely no control over that. You have no way of knowing that the site you're using is storing your passwords in plain text. That is just so goofy. One million accounts with the password one two three four five six. <laughs> oh but but some of them got a little bit more creative. Some of them did get much more creative. <laughs> oh, I was man. I was interested in password limit exceeded colon 07 slash one. I'm not sure what what error occurred to make that somebody's password. <laughs> I tell you what, I I I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, this is so th- there are things that. When you look back in hindsight, you say, yeah, you know what? Maybe that was a bad practice. I I know Facebook got busted with this. And it was actually uh, Mark, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zuckerman. Zuckerman, yeah. He's, I I believe he's actually the one. I got you to say it. I got you to say the wrong name. I, I believe he's actually the one who did the code where he took your password and he actually stored it three times. He stored it however you set the password. He stored it all uppercase, and he stored it all lowercase. And his thinking at the time was, you know, people get confused whether or not cap locks is on or not on. And and so he thought he was helping users out. What he didn't realize is he was making somebody's account, you know, three times more hackable because he's, you know, stored three separate passwords. That's one of those things where you kind of look back and you say, okay, I thought I was being helpful, but it turns out that was actually a bad practice and I shouldn't have done that. Granted. Storing your passwords in plain text, there is at no point is the developer sitting there thinking, 
oh, yeah, I think I'm being helpful here. I think this is a good idea. There's nowhere, nowhere should that thought ever cross the developer's mind. I mean, how does that even happen? How does that get through any sort of code review or any sort of planning or any sort of discussion? I mean, how does that happen? I can tell you. Do tell. I know for a fact, for an Uh absolute fact, these websites get developed off the coast. India, Russia, Belarus. They are developed as fast and as cheap as possible. And then they are brought in and you have essentially two people who have the technical knowledge to run the entire system doing it. And then you have an entire office building with 30 or 40, 50 people just doing marketing and graphic arts. But the actual development of the site started and finished years and years and years and years ago, and no one can or knows how to change anything. That is horrifying. Horrifying. We, we should we should require that. Like, you know, when you buy something that says made in, you should require that on a website. Like, when you go to sign up, coded in the USA, coded in Canada, coded in Bangladesh, something... Something to allow the person who's using the site to make a decision on whether or not they want to trust that company. I don't know. That, that might have been racist. Was, it, was that racist? That no. sounds a little racist. Nothing's no? wrong with Canada. Okay. <laughs> there is some momentum towards that. There are higher and higher security certs you can buy that reassure you, in theory, that your HTTPS means that they're storing the password securely or that they have proper security protocols around their servers. But that's something that's just, it hasn't taken off and it's really, people aren't aware of it. You know, if you have a dark green lock icon versus a light green lock icon, do you know what the difference is? Do you notice that you have a lock icon? So we're gonna have to see a change at some point, but who knows when it's gonna happen. Yeah. It could be worse though. How's that? Your cell phone could be spying on you. I think it is. I wake up sometimes at night and I, it's like standing over top of me. I'm like I Brady. don't remember. <laughs> I don't Brady remember putting you on the on the dresser like that. That's so weird. Yeah. No. Well, it turns out actually that a, a researching firm found that. Uh, hey, hey, good, hey! What are you doing? Did, did a good number. Somebody, what of are you cheap doing? Android devices have been sending the contents of all the text messages and location data to China. You can't sneak in another doom and gloom conversation. Oh, I certainly I mean, can. It's doom and gloom. Hell? It sneaks in all on its own. Oh, my God. What are you talking about now? China, Android phones? I've never been to China to buy an Android phone. There are some cheaper Android phones available in the U.S., that came with spyware installed on them that was sending text messages and location data directly back to China. Yeah, it's called Google Plus. Oh my god. That's kind of their claim. Their claim is kind of, hey, we're a big data company. Of course we're gathering data. We're not using it nefariously. And it's all it's all above the board. We have disclosures in our 400-page-long uh, licensing files. So, Thomas, yeah, pretty nasty. Thomas, what yes, did we sir. decide? Microsoft is a platinum member of the Linux Foundation. Donald Trump is president 
of the U.S. of A. The Cubs have won the World Series. The Cavaliers have won the NBA championship. What's going? Laracon is going to be in New York City. I mean, what's happening here? The world is falling apart. If your feet are cold, it's because hell's frozen over. That's right. I'm very confused. I'm in a very confused state right now. I'm ranking Laracon 2017 being at New York in New York City right up there with Microsoft joining the Linux Foundation and Trump being president. I'll one up you there. I'll say I'll say Microsoft having the best designed desktop of the year and the best designed laptop lines this year. I I would agree with you on Surface Pro. What desktop are you thinking? Uh the the that is the the Surface Studio. The Studio 27 oh. inch. You think that's the be- really? Why? That does something new and it doesn't take away USB ports to do it. No, it doesn't, but I I think their little knob is a little bit as gimmicky as maybe not as gimmicky as Apple's uh whatever pad that is, but lack of ports. The little maxi pad, no port laptop, sure. But you're talking about the little knob for I mean I, I think it's cool. I'm not and, talking about the knob. I'm just talking, talking about, about Oh no, no. I'm talking about the device itself. A a uh, high powered high powered machine running at a double pixel density so that when you put a piece of paper up to it, it matches it one-to-one, so your print looks like what it looks like on the screen. HDR resolutions, an incredibly well-designed hinge that you can apply pressure to without it shaking all over the place. Microsoft sponsoring you that I'm not aware of? No, but they're welcome to. I will be their little whore. Just oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll shake my tail for them. We've talked about them a lot this show, I've noticed. We gotta stop doing that. We'll need to change it to Microsoft Ugly. MS Ugly. Pretty sure that's already taken. <sighs> Alright, man. Well, I think we've burned through all the news. It's, we have. Uh, it's actually not a, a too tight, late. Tight 57 minutes. I'm liking it. I'm liking where we're at here. I think it's a good time to wrap this up. What do you think? That doesn't sound like too bad an idea. Alright, well, I appreciate it. What are we going to do next week? You want to try to do this on Thursday, Wednesday, or Friday? Hey, whichever whichever one works for you. I'm going to be available the whole time. Alright, we'll talk about it. We'll, have, we'll, we'll do a show next week for the two people listening. Oh, man. Alright, we're going to wrap this up for tonight. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Use a password manager. Keep it ugly. Trying to, we're Keep trying to standardize them things here. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.